0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. God is good. Just before we preach, I want to pray for all those that are starting uni or barber college or TAFE courses in the next few weeks. So if you're uh, studying at uni or starting in the next few weeks, barber college, TAFE course, come on out the front. We just want to pray a blessing on you that God's going to just bless you in your studies. Yeah, look at them all. Studying uni, barber college. Um... TAFE courses, tertiary studies. Come on out, just right along the front. We want to pray blessing on you so that you will be a blessing in those universities, that any stuff that's taught that's contrary to the Word of God, you'll see it for what it is, and you won't be changed in your thinking about God or His Word or His principles of faith, but you'll be equipped for what you need to do in this life. And those that are studying Bible college, God's just going to pour out His blessing and revelation over you. Now look at all these people studying. Isn't that awesome? some Some of the church, come and stand behind them now. We just want to pray blessing on them. And we want to release blessing over that your mind will be alert. You can remember and study and read all the things you need to. And the Holy Spirit's just going to fill you with His capacity. And you'll be a great influence for God in some of those campuses where there may be not many Christians in those classes. Let's believe the Holy Spirit's going to help you. Father, we pray blessing over each one of these, Lord. Those that are studying, Lord, those that are studying Bible college, those that are studying at uni or TAFE, online or in campus, Lord, bless them, we pray. Lord, surprise them with how you're going to set them free to learn. Some feel, how am I going to do it? Lord, set their minds free to learn and to study and remember in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for that release over their hearts and minds. Give them a confidence. Lord, give them a freedom. Lord, to learn those things. Lord, that... No weapon formed against them will succeed. But Lord, they will be able to study and excel. Lord, many will top their classes or they'll get those assignments done. Lord, they'll be surprised at your help and freedom in this process. Lord, we just believe for that in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for it now. Lord, watch over them. Keep them healthy and strong. Provide for their financial needs. Because, Lord, some of them are living on, Lord, those allowances, students' allowances. And I just pray, God, you would meet their financial needs. It will not be a great burden for them. Lord, I just pray for Luke especially. He's going to travel to Brisbane every second week for a whole day just to study at Bible College. I just pray, Lord, you would bless him abundantly. For others stepping out in faith, Lord, I just pray your blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone shouted? Amen. Amen. Have an awesome year with your study. God bless you. Okay, let's take our seats. Thanks, Zach. Well, I just want to share for a few minutes tonight on faith, the shield of faith. We've been preaching on faith the last few weeks, and Mary-Lynn an amazing message this morning on the faith rest, resting in faith. And if you weren't here, I really encourage you to check it out on podcast, and that's usually up by the end of the week. And uh, that will be a, a great message, and we've had a series of messages on faith and breakthrough. And I want to talk about the shield of faith tonight. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to walk with God and please Him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily urgently seek Him. So faith's not some mystical thing, but it is the currency of heaven. And when you trust and believe in God, it brings heaven to earth and His Word comes alive. You've got to add faith to it. God has given to each one of us a measure of faith. Some of you think, oh, I don't think I've got any faith for that. I'm amazed some people have great faith for finance but really struggle with faith for healing. Or they have great faith for um, God to protect them but they struggle to believe that God's going to break through in some area of their life of addiction or stronghold. God wants us to just keep growing in all of our faith journey and that's what He wants us to do in our lives. Hebrews 11 verse... No, we'll go to Ephesians 2.8. It says, For it is by grace... God's remarkable compassion and favour drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. So to get saved, we exercise faith. It might have meant just praying a prayer, opening your heart, walking out the front of a meeting, saying, Jesus, I'm going to choose to follow you. There was a decision, a choice, and the Holy Spirit is there to help give you that faith. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed. Anyone ever bought a, uh, a house or a car and you get, you get the papers to show it's yours. And someone says, that's mine. You say no. I've got the papers. I've got the title deed. I paid for it, and it goes on and says, for "Of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses." So when we worship Jesus, we we every time we worship Jesus, it's an act of faith because we can't see Him. Every time we pray, faith. It's like the. Uh, young Christian student was at a school and, and they were talking to, uh, and the teacher said, do you pray? Do you, how, do you know, how do you know Jesus is alive? And the student came back as quick as a bell and says, well I was talking to him this morning, he talked back to me. Because it takes faith to know that Jesus is alive. It takes faith to believe that he answers our prayers. And so that faith journey is so powerful in our lives. Let's have a look at the shield of faith. Ephesians 6, verses um, 10 onwards now by beloved ones infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you wow you ever felt a bit weak in your Christian faith read that there it says stand victorious Sometimes you've got to step up and stand still. The old King James, stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. When you know Jesus, there's a powerful force within your soul. He's got incredible strength in you. There is a courage and a hope that will help you through any situation. Then it says, put on God's complete set of armour provided for us, so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. As uh Pastor Peter was sharing, sometimes when you step out in faith, the enemy comes to contend with you. He doesn't want you to live in a new place of victory. He doesn't want you to live in freedom. And God God wants us to live in freedom. We've got to put on our spiritual armour. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. And they are real just as Jesus is more powerful and real. And you see, all these movies come to highlight the dark forces, but the power of Jesus is so much greater. And we need to know that there's an explosive power and it's accessed by faith. The power of Jesus is greater than every any nightmare that you might have. It's greater than any lie the enemy tries to bring against you. Any force that tries to take you out of this earth is no match for the power of Jesus. Because when he died on the cross and rose again, it says he defeated every power of darkness. And so we access that by faith. And we need to live in that realm. And it says... It goes on, you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. So honesty is not the best policy, it's the only policy. And the truth is the truth about Jesus, it's the truth about yourself, it's the truth about life and others, It's the truth that the enemy is a defeated foe. You need to have truth in our hearts. So we put truth around our our lives. It says, put on holiness as the protective armour that covers your heart. One version says, put on the breastplate of righteousness or holiness. You need to cover your heart because out of your heart are the issues of life. And you need to stand in righteousness because there's arrows just come and try and tear about your identity. Your heart is your, your identity and who you are. And the enemy tries to lie to you that you're a failure and you're not good enough. Other people, are com- you're competing with others. God says, hey, put on my breastplate, my covering of righteousness and holiness. Because the word righteousness, righteous means right standing with God right standing with God. So we have that over our hearts. Then it goes on um, with some more of this. um, It says, stand on your feet alert. Then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. One says, put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. How blessed are those who bring good news. Then it goes, in every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield For it is able to distinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Wow, it's a shield, huge big shield that surrounds you and that's what faith is for your life. So some of you are going off to uni and you'll be taught some things that aren't all in agreement with the Word of God. You'll be taught stuff that doesn't match up with truth. And you've got to choose to fight that rubbish with faith, with the truth in your heart and in your soul. It says it will to wrap around shield for it's able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. That's where the enemy attacks us in our minds. Put on your helmet of salvation. Take up the mighty, razor sharp spirit sword of his, the spoken word of God. Wow. The razor-sharp spirit sword, that's what the Bible is. That's why, the, that's why we memorize scriptures. That's why we read it. That's why we sing it. That's why we pray it. That's why we declare it, because it's like a razor-sharp sword to cut off all the rubbish and junk that the enemy brings, not only in your life, but other people. You can be sharing with someone, and you don't have to give up scripture and verse, but you'll just speak a word in your conversation, and they'll come up to you and say, wow, what you said, I have never been able to forget what you said because it was the razor-sharp Word of God that came out in your conversation without them preaching at it and saying, well, the Bible says, because they'll tune out straight away. But you can include the Word of God in your conversation, in your text to one another. You can include a promise of hope in there. That's the Scripture. And it's like a razor-sharp sword that cuts off all the fear off of their minds and their hearts. And they say, I can't forget that. You speak hope. And so it's very powerful That's a great weapon that God's given us in our lives. Then it says, pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. What's the best form of prayer? Whatever God's put on your heart to pray at that time. It might be a prayer of confession. Say, God, forgive me. It might be a prayer of surrender. Say, Lord, I'm struggling just to surrender this part of my life to you. It might be a prayer of faith for healing, whatever it is. It might be a prayer of faith for salvation or protection, whatever it is. Every type of prayer in the Spirit. Pray the blessings of God upon all His believers. So put on the spiritual armor of God Every day, When I was a new Christian, I, when I first heard about this, I remember I'd get up in the morning, I'd put my physical clothes on and then I'd put on the spiritual armour, I'd put on the helmet of salvation, I was taught to put the helmet on, put on the breastplate of righteousness, put on the belt of truth, put your shoes of the gospel of tea, on the gospel of peace, take up the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. And I used to physically do that the first few years I was saved because it reminded me that I was covered and protected and I was going out to, to live for Jesus. I don't do it um, specifically like that, but I regularly just pray that prayer and it just reminds me that my mind's covered. I don't have to let all those rubbish and thoughts get over me and direct and rob from me. And my identity doesn't have to be stolen because I've got on the breastplate of righteousness. I know I'm right in Jesus Christ by His blood. And so it's a really great thing to have and take up the sword of the Spirit and uh, the shield of faith. It says, above all... In addition to this, having the first three aspects of armour attached to or tied onto your body, now he says, take up the shield of faith. The original word for this is thurios. It was a long, oblong shield, usually 1.2 metres long and three quarters of a metre wide. So it wasn't a nice little shield that you just sort of held in your hand. You know, you used to play those games and and have the the, uh, plastic... uh, little swords and as kids you'd sort of chase each other and have a little plastic shield, a little thing about yay big. These were 1.2 meters high and three quarters of a meter wide. So it covered you, you could hide behind that thing. It covered you from whatever attacks, if you were a Roman soldier, it protected you. And it was usually made of wood with a fireproof metal covering to quench the fiery darts or arrows of the enemy. So it was wooden with metal on the front because what they do is often in war they would shoot burning arrows at you. Some of them even had a leather, wet soaked leather on the outside so when the arrow hit it, it would be extinguished by the wet leather that was all over that shield. This is the picture that the Apostle Paul's talking about. So it talks about the fiery darts, of the evil one. That's how they used to shoot arrows to try and take each other out. And so God says you can have this amazing, amazing shield in front of you and uh, use it for uh, protection over our lives. The shield of faith, it was a defensive, protective weapon for us individually and then they could be linked together so a whole army could line up and they'd all have their shields and so they could protect themselves from any invasion and at times it became an offensive weapon where they just moved together with this whole wall of shields, and just defeated whatever enemy was coming against them. What a powerful thought that is. I need a few volunteers. I need some big strong men up here. We need Trevor, and Matt, and Shane, and uh, Andy, and I need, uh, I need Ashley, and Dave and I need that whole row of transformation guys come up here for a minute I just need you for an illustration if you want to come up some of the other transformations, just come up here stand along the front here yeah stand along the front here come on we need we need a whole wall come together I want you to join together put your arm on each other's shoulder over each other's shoulders I want you to be a wall as if there's an, an army an enemy coming look at this wall of men nice nice and close How could you get through those guys if you weren't coming against them? And if you take a couple of steps forward and keep on walking until you get the front row, whoa, you imagine a wall of soldiers with a big shield and they're just locked together and nothing can penetrate them. And if they started to come around the side, they'd just swing around and face that way, whichever way they went because they had this great shield around them. And so when we stand together together, as the family of God, we've got the shield of faith. We've got prayer. We've got, we're supporting one another. You're not on your own. You're not on your own because when, when you've got a dozen guys like this protecting you, you'd feel pretty safe, hey. They'd need a pretty big army to come against to take these guys on. Yeah, really, really. Let's give them a hand. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> so when you see that when we have the shield of faith, it's like we're locked together. We're protecting one another. And so it's not how physically big you are, because when you're locked together in faith, Jesus is our strength. He's our awesome, awesome strength. And God wants you to know that that shield becomes a protection. It it destroys the fiery darts, the accusations, the lies, the fears, the persecution, the discouragement, the disappointment, the temptations, pressures from the enemy that come over your soul. And sometimes you just got to put the shield of faith. And there have been times I've been in, in meetings or situations and the Holy Spirit will just alert me. He says, put up the shield of faith right now because there's a challenge coming against you. I've actually physically had the Holy Spirit tell me. And so in my spirit, I don't sort of put my hand out like this against the person, but in my spirit, lift it up and I'm ready for whatever's come. Occasionally I haven't been listening and I've got whacked. Whoa emotionally or spiritually get whacked and I've told this story before but um ages ago we had a church about 16 years ago and we loved them and helped them and they got um baptized and but they had a lot of challenge in their marriage and one day they came to see us and we're chatting and they were sort of struggling and we'd really done everything we could to help them but I remember we're chatting and as clear as the bell the Holy Spirit said put your shield up because they're about to attack you I'm thinking, this is just a nice couple, but I could tell there was a lot of stress. And within 10 seconds, the conversation turned and they just started to accuse us of all sorts of stuff that we hadn't helped do and we'd done this and we hadn't done that. And it was like a barrage of accusation against us. And I thought, this is not coming from there. How huh? This is coming direct from the pit of hell because we'd helped them enormously. And God had done a whole lot of good in their life. One of them had some mental illness issues and so it was just all triggered. The enemy just whacked us. And we had a chat afterwards and Mary Lynn still laugh and cry about this one because the Holy Spirit alerted me but she must have missed that alert and so she got whacked and we had to spend a bit of time afterwards praying and thinking, well, what was that all about? And I told her what happened. I said, the Holy Spirit alerted me 10 seconds before it came. And many times she's been the one that's picked up the alert and I've missed it. And I'm sort of staggering around thinking, oh, what was that all about? The Holy Spirit will sometimes just alert you. Other times you don't have to be alerted because it's constantly there and you're just confident. And so accusations and lies will come against us and we've got to learn to walk with that shield of faith. The quick application what we believe is is an answer to everything the devil hurls at us. It's the shield of confidence and trust in God. So it's not a physical shield. It's that you're confident in God no matter what happens, God's going to be with you and you're going to come through. No matter what report comes from the doctor, no matter what lies are thrown at you by other people, make it. Let me tell you, God's greater. And it's not of yourselves. Jesus spoke the word of God to defeat temptation, lies and accusations of the enemy. Faith is not just an intellectual assent. It is faith that applies truth. Faith without works is dead. So you put action to your words. Faith never points to itself but to God and the truth of His Word. It will remind us of His unchanging character and His incredible power. That's why the songs we sing, just get into your heart. Hey, often you wake up and you're singing away and you're driving along and you get to work and sometimes there's a bit of a challenge going on and a song will just come into your spirit or a scripture will arise in your heart. And so God wants us to have that shield of faith. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be well balanced and always alert. Because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. Not weak stuff saying, oh boy, I wish things had get better. No, take a stand and say, in Jesus' name, I am not going to be bowed down by depression any longer. In Jesus' name, I'm not going to believe the lies and the competitive things that other people have said about us or our family. In Jesus' name, I'm not going to listen to that shame and guilt where the devil says your past is too bad and you can't rise up anymore. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to listen to the Word of God that prophesies life and blessing and hope and freedom over our lives you got to choose to stand strong don't bow down there's too many of us bow down when the pressure comes on and God wants to stir you to have the shield of faith I'm going to stand up I'm going to arise I'm going to stand up in the full strength of God and that's what it means to put up the shield of faith to live out of that truth not be bowed down for it says, for you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. Faith in God will help you stand firm and strong, not to give up or give in. Well, the enemy sometimes will come with schemes when you're feeling a bit low or you're battling a cold or a flu or you just got a lot of pressure and deadlines with work or study. And that's when the enemy comes in and says, oh, you might as well give up. It's just too hard you know, or you step out with faith and you're leading a life group or doing some area of ministry, and then you start to get a few whacks and discouragements and other people say, oh, you're sure you're doing the right thing? Don't give in and let go of what God's gifted you and called you to be and do. The enemy will try and rob us. He will try and steal from us what God's given us to do. There's been times in our life we've thought, boy, this ministry gig, it's pretty hard work. You don't make lots of money, and people sometimes don't appreciate what you do, but God's put a, a, a something in our spirits saying, no, we do this for the life. We do this for the long haul. We're going to fulfill what God's called us to do. Faith perseveres. That's another whole sermon we're going to teach in the next few weeks. But I want to encourage you, stand up with strong, vigorous faith. Second Corinthians 10.3 says, For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign, employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Uh-oh, who's ever been guilty of hiding? Yeah, sometimes it's okay to hide, but most when you're playing hide and seek when you're a five-year-old, it's okay to hide but it's not okay to be hiding when God says, hey, I want you to be standing up and living in freedom. Don't hide behind fear. Don't hide behind shadows. Don't hide behind other people who may appear stronger or manipulate you. Don't hide behind shame or guilt. Don't hide behind your past or fear of the future. God says, hey, come out of the shadows and live in the light. Because when you live in shadows, everything gets distorted. It really does. But when you live in the light, you see it for what it really is. And so it goes on and says, instead our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses between which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that's raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the... We've got to bring some of those thoughts captive. Some of those things that attack you. Some of you wake up in the middle of the night with nightmares or you wake up with anxiety about how you're going to cope or how you're going to sort out that strained relationship, how you're going to sort out those studies or those deadlines. And some of you lie awake for hours, pressured, anxious, tormented. Hey, we got to get those thoughts captive under Jesus Christ, start singing a song, if there's other people in the house don't sing too loud and wake all them up, just sing it in your heart or pray in the spirit or just speak the word of God or if you need to get up just open the scriptures and read a psalm or two and and let let the word of God wash over you because you've got to bring captive the thoughts that are not belonging to God, you've got to choose to captivate them and lock them up and get rid of them Otherwise they will take residence. They'll become a squatter in your home. If we go home tonight and there's five people who have decided to move in and just take over your house, they don't belong there, they're squatters. You're not going to let them stay there too long. And yet some of us let squatters in our minds and our hearts for years that don't belong there squatters of wrong thinking that well you could never be totally free of that addiction you can appear to be free but you can never really be free that's a squatter that has to go in Jesus name that is stinking thinking that has to go and be swept out by the fragrance of the power of the name of Jesus Christ we have got to get rid of those things bring them captive to Jesus Christ Otherwise, we'll live there. If they try to come back, just say, wrong address. I've moved. I am now belong. I live on Heaven Street, not on Slippery Lane anymore. I live under the blessing of God. I don't live on Shame Avenue anymore. I live on Heaven Street, the blessing of God. I live on Kingdom Avenue now. You've got to choose to say, no, wrong address, wrong person, because that's not my mail anymore. You've got to choose to live under the blessing of Almighty God, and you've got to bring captive those wrong thoughts we captured like prison of war every thought and insisted as how in obedience it bowed to the anointed one. Hebrews 11:1 one says that the heroes of faith from out of their weakness they were made strong. None of us start off altogether and strong. It's, it's a growing experience. When I first got saved there was a boldness in my life but there was a whole lot of things I had to learn and I, I'm still learning them because I want to stay strong in God. Want to be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Because there's a whole lot of people depend on your strength. There's a whole lot of people look and watch how consistent you are in your faith journey. Not perfect, but they watch. They're influenced by your influence. Genesis 15 1 says of Abraham on a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. Wow. I am your shield. Your reward for obedience shall be very great. So God says, I'm your shield. Sounds like the faith shield that Paul talked about, the shield of faith. And right throughout Scripture, you'll find um, stories about shields. When and if you're overwhelmed, call on the name of the Lord. He is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and are safe. Focus on Him who has all power, and He has made us more than conquerors through Him. Nothing can separate us from the love of God unless we let it. Nothing can unless we let it. And God wants us to live in that victory. Psalm 84 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows grace and favour and honour. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So faith in God and his word is a defensive weapon but is also, it's a defensive weapon but it's also an offensive weapon full of power. It's a shield of faith advancing. That uh, scripture that Peter shared it, the offering, I had it in my notes here, I'll just refer to it for a moment, in 2nd Chronicles 20 20 it says, early in the morning they left for the desert of taken, as they said, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld, have faith in his prophets and you will be successful, have faith in God, when you're under siege, have faith in God you got to sometimes say, Lord, I don't understand it, but I'm going to keep trusting you regardless of what all the other evidence says. Have faith in God. And then they had the faith in God, and then God gave them the unique battle strategy. Do you know how they won that victory? They called up all the musicians and singers, says, you guys are out front. Us with all the weapons and shields and swords and spears we're going to hang back and you guys are going to go out with your trumpets your drums your guitars and you're going to take on the enemy now I wonder if some of the musos just decided to change to kids ministry that day (laughs) hey what's this we didn't sign up for this we'll go to the catering team and look after lunch for everyone God says, I want the musicians and singers to go out the front of the battle today. That wasn't their strategy all the time, but this day it was. So as they went out and started to praise and worship Jesus, having faith in God, it says the presence of God came and it brought confusion on the enemy and they were all different armies and they started to get confused and fight each other and that's what they did, they stood and saw the salvation of God because they didn't have to fight the battle. That's a very powerful truth. When you praise and worship God, you are exercising your faith and it brings confusion to the lies and schemes of the enemy. Very, very powerful. And that's why it's such a privilege to worship God, to pray, and to serve Him together. The power of Jesus' name. Acts 3.16 says, Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It's the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made the crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. Wow. Matthew 9.22, the woman that was healed from that 12 years of flow of blood. But Jesus turning and seeing her said, Take courage, daughter. Your personal trust and confident faith in me has made you well. She believed... And she said, if I can just touch the edge of his clothes. So she crawled through the crowd and got there. As soon as she touched him, she got healed. Sometimes there'll be faith in your heart to believe for a breakthrough. Let's look up to Jesus. Um, Hebrews 4.14 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. So whenever I get a bit weak in faith, I just say, Jesus, help me to start looking at you again and start to look, instead of looking at the circumstances or the lack of money or the lack of resources or what we don't have, God's... Because when you start focusing on Jesus, you start to realize what you do have because in Him is all wisdom and knowledge. In Him, He is, has all resources for our hearts and our lives. And faith grows as we grow in our walk with God. Apostles cried out, God, increase our faith. We need more. The shield of faith stands around us. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. How do you overcome sin? You come to Jesus and the answer is in 1 John 5, 4, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory to overcome the world, even our faith. You believe that what Jesus says about you is more powerful than what your own mind says about you, what your past says about you and what other people judge you. Faith is believing to believe Jesus' word above all those other forces. That's the, the act of faith in our lives. Two more scriptures as the team comes. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the very ends of the earth. And the last scripture I just want to mention, the thought, Peter, who became an amazing apostle and leader, but he betrayed Jesus on the journey and he made some amazing mistakes, tried to stop Jesus going to the cross. But he had a re- moment of revelation, this is one of his better days. You know, we all have good days and we have some bad days, but Peter, this is a good day. Matthew 16, 17 says, Jesus came back, God bless you Simon, son of Jonah, you didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers, my Father in heaven, God himself let you in on this secret of who I really am and now I'm going to tell you who you are, who you really are, that's a powerful thought, when you discover who Jesus really is, you'll then discover who you really are. Until you discover who Jesus really is, you'll never fully discover who you really are. So Jesus then turns and speaks to Peter, says, this is who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I'll put together my church. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. That's like these guys with their shields and they start moving forward and everything just moves out of the way. That's how we as believers and as the church, we are so filled with expansive energy that nothing can stand in the way of the kingdom of God. And yet so often we live with such smaller thinking. We're going to see this is what God's called us to do. And that. And then he said, that's not all. You have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven and a no on earth is a no in heaven wow how big is your shield of faith you want those little toy plastic ones I can see it I used to have a little yellow plastic one when I was a kid my brothers had little yellow plastic swords and you'd play those games and chase each other around the yard have you got a bit bigger shield that's big enough to cover your heart but not enough to really protect all of you Well, if you've got a really nice one and you polish it every day but you leave it in the corner because you don't want to get it damaged. It's like the guy who bought this brilliant car and it was so beautiful he never wanted to get it dirty so he left it in the garage and never drove it. I think some of us, we have this nice shield of faith, this incredible thing that we have. It's like the people who bought that beautiful big Bible cost them hundreds of dollars but they never wanted to open it because they didn't want to damage the pages. What use is that? What use is having a weapon if you just keep it in the corner and just polish it up every day say well I'm so glad I've got this this is going to protect me but you leave it in the corner and never use it God says hey I've given you a big shield of faith that can protect all of you and as you move forward with it and you link your shields with other shields a bit like you see on telly sometimes when the riot police are there and there's some big riot, and they're behind their big shields and they just move forward and the crowd disperses God wants to take some of us from a defensive mode to a offensive mode. Let's stand in His presence today. The Spirit of God is here. Just wants to stir our hearts. How big is your shield of faith and how active is it? Do you know how to hold it? Do you know how to use that incredible shield? Or is it something that you're not even sure how to hold it or which way to to put it? Because I want you to become so comfortable with the Word of God that it's a shield of faith for you. So comfortable with His presence. So when you get in a meeting like this, you know what the Holy Spirit's up to. When you're at work and someone's throwing some rubbish at you, you know this is not from God and you can just block it. You're confident. You know what's truth and what's error. You know what's lies and deception and you know what is something that brings freedom and hope for your life. You just discern what's the truth. That's how you use your shield of faith.